The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is the future of the future with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to transform industries. And importantly, they'll discuss how these technologies and strategies can shake up the status quo in your company's future and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Indeed. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And if you want to run or if you want to walk or cross-country ski or snow sled with the Game Changers, you are absolutely in the right place. If you can't tell, well, first of all, it's March 14th, 2017, and I am sitting inside cozy watching the blizzard. It's supposed to be the blizzard of 2017 happening outside my office window here in New York. So welcome, welcome, welcome. I hope wherever you are, you are safe and sound and warm. And don't go out if you're here on the East Coast. What's the buzz today? Well, in Interestingly enough, we're talking about transportation. The buzz on the street today, as far as I can see the street, is from Lloyd Alter, who works for, he's a design editor, actually, a tree hugger. Very interesting. Look him up if you want to find out more about him. The buzz is digital transportation technology is an unstoppable force. I won't say parenthetically unless there's a blizzard outside. So what are we talking about? Our digital lives at home and at work will soon extend into our increasingly autonomous automobiles. Come on, you probably are watching the news at least once a week. Some major company is thinking about getting into autonomous cars. They're inventing them or they're perfecting them or they're owning them or they're trying to corner the market on them. As my friend Larry Soli at SAP, we call him the car guy and you may recognize his name as the sponsor of our series called The Future of Cars with Game Changers. Larry says, and he went on record last week as saying, we humans will become nothing more than cargo. That's right. You won't be a person. You'll be cargo in an autonomous car. So our connected car experience will begin before we enter a vehicle, and it will continue after we or the car parks and after we depart or deplane or however you want to describe it. A new automotive ecosystem is already bringing things as we drive our own cars, like automated parking. Yeah, you know, you can reserve a spot. You could figure out where to be. You could pay for it in advance. Automated fueling services to a growing base of connected drivers around the world. You may not be among that cadre yet, but you may want to be. So the question on the table today is, will this technology ultimately make driving safer? Will it make it more reliable? And bottom line time, Will it make it less expensive? The experts speak, and I have a phenomenal panel for you today. I'm going on record as saying that. I've met them all on prep calls, and I know they are very, very smart. And this is their space. Let me just tell you who they are, and then we'll start with the quotes. First up, in a moment, I'll be introducing you to Edmund. He said I can call him Eddie. Eddie Song, Vice President of Corporate Development at a company called Split Second. Spell that, but leave out the O in the word second. And Eddie will have an opportunity a little later to tell us what his company does. 
Joining him on the panel is Kenny Hawk, spelled just the way it sounds, CEO of Mojio, M-O-J-I-O, and if I said it wrong, he'll correct me in a few minutes. And rounding out the panel is somebody who's been on the show before, but it's been way too long. It's Gil Perez, Senior VP of Digital Assets and IoT, that's Internet of Things at SAP. So let's see what the quotes on the table are today. Eddie Song has sent us a quote from Maya Angelou, one of our favorite quotes. We haven't heard it in a long time, and I'm thrilled to bring it back to you, but in case you're wondering who is she, she was, 1928 to 2014, an American poet, memoirist, and civil rights activist, an actor, director, producer of plays, movies, and public TV. Maya Angelou published seven autobiographies, three books of essays, books of poetry, and she received dozens of awards and more than 50 honorary degrees. How about that? Here's the quote. And it's memorable for so many reasons. I've learned that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did. But people will never forget how you made them feel. Eddie Song, pleasure to welcome you. You're in the blizzard. You're in Manhattan, right? How are you doing today? Uh, doing all right, uh, sitting inside my office, and so nice and toasty. <laughs> I'm glad. Me too, me too. Let's hope the, the cold part stays outside and the toasty stays inside. Eddie, are you a big fan of Maya Angelou? We love the quote. And tell us how you picked this quote for our topic. We're talking about connected cars. How does Maya Angelou Absolutely. fit into that? Go ahead. So, you know, Maya Angelou, it's standard reading for anyone in the public education system. And so, you know, We've learned a lot about her over the years, and this is a quote that stuck with me for quite some time because, you know, in building relationships with people, it's all about the engagement. So things that you say to them, things that you do for them, they come and go, they sometimes forget, but um, a lot of the people that I've encountered in my life that, uh, you know, when I need help, um, they come back to me, and, you know, even if they come, you know coming out of the woods or, you know, they've been away for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason that they do come back is because, hey, I remember that time that you were there for me and, you know, you made me feel safe. You made me feel great during that period. And much like today, if you look at the connected car experience, um, it's all about engagement, right? So the vehicles today, they're not just something you just drive here and there. The auto manufacturers want to build an environment where they make you have a connection to that vehicle, whether it's promoting safety or making your lives easier or, you know, having the vehicle be an extension of your home. And giving you that sense of feeling is a great way to engage the end user. And so that's one of the reasons why you know I love this quote because it goes beyond the human relationship, but down to an engagement of from company to company. Very interesting, and and it is such a human quote. Obviously, Eddie, I, I love the way you made that segue. Thank you very much. Stay warm and toasty now, and I'm going to turn to our second panelist, Kenny Hawk, CEO of Mo, Mojio. M O J I O. Am I pronouncing it right, Kenny? Yes? That's correct. Mojio. Oh, good. Mojio. Mojio. I had the accent wrong, but the pronunciation right. Kenny has sent us a quote from Thomas Edison. Come on, everybody knows. An American inventor, businessman. He was dubbed the Wizard of Menlo Park, one of the first inventors to apply the principle of mass production and large-scale teamwork to the process of invention. He holds... Do you know how many patents he holds, Kenny? I don't I don't know if anybody on this call knows. Over a thousand. How many, 
patents. Yeah, 1,093 U.S. patents to his name, plus more in the U.K., France, and Germany. My goodness, my goodness. And his first power station, Eddie would love this. Thomas Edison's first power station was on Pearl Street in Manhattan. I don't have the date. So here is the quote Kenny has selected from the vast lore of Thomas A. Edison. Quote, I never did a day's work in my life. It was all fun. Oh, wouldn't that be lovely? Kenny Hawk, officially welcome to Game Changers. And how are you today, Kenny? Uh, Doing great. Good morning. Good morning. Where are you calling from? I was supposed to ask that later, but now I'm curious. So I'm in the beautiful city of Vancouver where half of our team is based. And okay, well, and I picked the yeah. Edison quote for a couple of reasons, but one of them is my very first field trip as a kid. I went to Greenfield Village, which is built by Henry Ford, who was a good close friend of uh, Thomas Edison, and he had a couple of Edison's labs there. And touring those labs, I fell fell in love with electronics, switches, wires, light bulbs, and mm. been uh, a fan of technology ever since. And the reason I picked that quote is my dad, and, and most of my relatives, worked in the factories in Detroit. And, and my dad, in particular, never really liked his job. He'd come home every day after a long shift and complain about his boss and the company and the work and, and really uh, you know, worked hard his whole life, but uh, never really enjoyed it. And as a, uh, as a boy, I decided I'm going to have a different life. I want to do something I like. And being an entrepreneur, I love it. And I've never watch the clock, days fly by, and creating new things and, and building teams and building companies, it's fun. And uh, you, know, you get to pick what you work on, who you work with, and what kind of problem you tackle. And uh, here it is many years later, and I was fortunate enough to join the Thomas Edison uh, Innovation Board and uh, carrying on the lessons of Thomas Edison. So it's a, it's a quote I love, and it's one I live. I love that. Thank you for making that so personal. Again, here we are talking about connected car, and as Eddie said, a sense of feeling, uh, the Maya Angelou quote, and you're talking about feeling as well and relating that to Thomas Edison. I think we're waxing a little poetic here today. Thank you so much, Kenny. What's your weather up there, by the way? Are you getting our system, or are you uh, high and dry? Er. A little rainy, but not too bad. Good. Okay. Well, glad. Enjoy Enjoy what you have. We will get back to normal one day here in New York. And now let's turn to our third panelist welcoming back, Gil Perez. It's been a long time since we've spoken. And Gil has sent us a quote about cars. Well, it's about time. The quote is from Henry Ford. This was in a meeting in 1909 in collaborate. It's, it's quoted on page 72 in collaboration with Samuel Crowther in My Life and Work, published in 1922. By the way, Henry Ford, 1863 to 1947, was an American industrialist, the founder of the Ford Motor Company, and the sponsor of the development of the assembly line technique of mass production. So we've got a little collaboration here on mass production between, interestingly enough, Thomas Edison and Henry Ford in words only, perhaps. And here's the quote Gil has selected, also a famous one. Any customer can have a car painted any color that he wants, it was a he in those days, so long as it is black. Gil Perez, how are you? I'm doing great, great. And it's a beautiful, sunny day here in Palo Alto, California. Okay, enjoy it. No comments, no expletives. Thank you very much. We are suffering here. We are in whiteout condition on the east coast of, of the United States. So, Gil, it's been a long time since we've spoken. I welcome you back sincerely. And tell me, are you a big follower of Henry Ford, or did you just pick the quote because we're talking about cars? Go ahead. 
No, um, I actually, um, you know, last time, last time I was on the show, I, I actually picked the Thomas Edison. So I thought it would be uh, a, a nice uh, way to continue with Ford. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely, you know, these two figures are are obviously, you know, um, icons. So you can't say anything more about them besides that. So definitely, I'm looking, uh, huge I'm look- figures. I absolutely. I'm looking at your uh, your history with us, and let's see. You were on the Future of Business with us. I'm not going to make sure I don't play this here. Future of Business, and you were also on the Future of the Future. Very interesting. Okay, I'm trying to look back in in time here. I think you were on a couple of times before. Gil, very interesting. What would Henry Ford say? Now put your your head into Henry Ford's mindset, uh, long gone, but nonetheless present in spirit with us today. What would Henry Ford say if he knew the cars could drive themselves? Would he say, ah, at last, we're taking the human element out from behind the wheel and doing something wonderful and elegant and sleek and maybe very controllable? Or would he say, OMG, what color are they going to want now? So what do you think Henry Ford would say? So I, I think the, you know, the the quote, the reason I, I gave the quote, and, and it's, it, uh, it, it's really about the fact that, you know, when we have technology constraints that we're sometimes confined to, uh, we want as technologies, as people developing, as entrepreneurs developing uh uh, uh, companies developing technologies, entrepreneurs, uh, uh, we, we develop things, yet we have constraints. We can't always deliver what we want. Um, and I think one of the frustrations was, you know, Henry's Ford, you know, wanting to create, he definitely knew people wanted different colors, but you have to sometimes figure out what is the right compromise. How do you really find that that compromise that will, will in, in some ways uh, uh, address the desirability that people want, yet also take into account, uh, you know, technology constraints and limitations that you have in, in the field and in technology. And I think uh, figuring out the right balance is the magic um, and, and being able to adapt. Um, and I, I'm sure that... You know, if Thomas, uh, sorry, if, if Ford was, was here today, he would definitely, you know, be all over autonomous vehicles. He would definitely, you know, um, um, take personalization to the next level. So, um, but when you are in a, in a certain situation in time, and I think autonomous vehicles and connected cars are exactly in that phase of, of constant evolution, you need mm-hmm. to, to figure out the right combination to really create a desirable uh, experience for the end users. That, that's very, very true, Gil, very appropriate. Now, I'm thinking while you're speaking, and I'm going to go around the table now with a quickie, a little Q&A round here for the panel before we find out what you're all drinking today. I want to know, if autonomous cars, let's say, are not owned by a specific person, let's say they're owned by a corporation or by a city or by some kind of community group, who will pick the color of the cars? And to make it, our topic today, a delightful customer experience, what color is that likely to be? I'm just curious. Gil, let me start with you quickly. What do you think the color of most autonomous cars would be? I think that if it's it's up to the uh, to the city, it will likely be the most efficient one. So it will probably be gray or or black, and it will be uh, uh, the focus will be efficiency as opposed to 
green or yellow or blue, which will be sunshine and, and happiness. Okay. Any song, what do you think? What color would most, who would decide the color and what color do you think uh, the cars in New York would be, the autonomous cars? Uh, I think, you know, that, that would probably be something that would be regulated by the DOT eventually. And obviously, since there's no driver, you want high visibility. So most likely it would be that really bright orange color. <laughs> True New Yorker. Thank you very much. Kenny Hawk, what would the colors be in Canada of those autonomous cars? Well, after uh, having a near miss with a Prius, which was so quiet, I didn't hear it coming up behind me. I agree with Eddie. It's got to be something bright that you see from a mile away. It's going to be bright orange or yellow, something that's ugly as hell, but uh, <laughs> will definitely make people suffer. <laughs> You just insulted the entire New York taxi industry, bright yellow. But I don't think they think it's ugly, but they think it's visible, and that's the most important part. Gil, do you want to change your prediction on what the color of the autonomous cars would be from an efficient gray or black to something a little more uh, ostentatious? Gil, you want to change the color spectrum for us? Sure. We'll, we'll go with polka dots. Polka dots. Oh, I like that. I, I really, really like that. Well, since I'm a redhead and I like red accents, those would be red polka dots on a white car for me. I think that would be a lot of fun. Or even a black car with red polka dots. Woohoo! We are getting a little off track here, but it, it certainly goes with our topic, the connected car, a delightful customer experience, question mark, and in so many ways. I don't think we counted on the aesthetics of the car, but why not? Let's go around the table and see who's drinking what today to make you all happy. Eddie's song. First of all, Eddie, before you tell me, what you're drinking. Why don't you tell us? Just give us a 60-second split second on your company, S-P-L-I-T-S-E-C-N-D. What do you do, Eddie? What is the company about? Sure. Our device democratizes automatic crash notification and emergency response. So our device just simply plugs into your cigarette lighter, um, and if you ever get into an accident, automatically calls for emergency services and lets them know where you are, even if you're unable to, anywhere in the world. And uh, it's self-contained, doesn't require cell phone or pairing. It's, uh, everything's included in this tiny plug-in device. Okay, and thank you very much. For, yes, what are you drinking? And as for what I'm drinking this morning, uh, it's Red Bull, um, although it's the American version, not the original Thai formula, which is what I tend to prefer. Okay, thank you very much. Keeping you awake and aware. Thank you very much. And Kenny Hawk, what is, say your company name again, Mojio? Yes, Mojio. We're a connected Mojio. car Mojio. cloud Mojio. platform, and we're the provider of connected car services for T-Mobile across North America and Deutsche Telekom in Europe. And we help make your car safer, more secure, and more convenient. And I'm uh, drinking a chamomile tea with honey today after a long trip to Barcelona for Mobile World Congress. So nursing myself back to full strength. Nursing, I'm very, very glad. How was Mobile World Congress? Was it a good experience this year? It, it was amazing. You know, I've been going since, you know, for 15 years. It started in south of France, been in Barcelona the last several. And uh, we had over 100,000 people this year um, launched our demo with SAP, which was really fun. Uh, showing connected parking, and had great meetings. I mean, we were packed nonstop from Monday morning until Thursday evening when we finished up. So great week at Mobile World Congress. Wow, very, very happy. It was a good experience, and I appreciate that. And let's see, let's turn to Gil Perez. Gil, what are you drinking today? I'm uh, cold brew coffee. So I started uh, drinking the cold brew, and uh, it's a nice way to start the morning. 
Tell me what cold brew coffee is. I don't even know. So cold brew coffee is uh, instead of uh, uh, it's you, you put it in a filter and it actually, you know, basically goes down the filter overnight. It stands instead of uh, doing hot water. It's basically a drip of cold water uh, through a filter and it usually takes about 24 hours to make. And uh, it doesn't have the same smoky or, or it, it has a more mild coffee uh, um, taste and um, yet the same caffeine. So I definitely like it. Same caffeine. That sounds good. Gil may know this. You may remember from your previous online experiences with me on Game Changers, Gil, but Kenny and and Eddie don't know this yet. They don't let me anywhere near caffeine on radio show days, and today's a doubleheader. I'll be back an hour after this show is over with another show. So all they let me have is water. So I have cool, clear water in a cool, clear mug with a pink straw because I'm hoping the whiteout condition here, the blizzard will stop and the sun will shine The sun will come out, maybe tomorrow. I certainly hope so. Today would be even better. So I'm Bonnie D. Graham here. Very, very happy to be here with a live edition of the Future of the Future with Game Changers. Big shout out to Brad Borkin in the UK who is the sponsor of the series, along with Susan Walker at SAP. And I want to thank both of them for inviting me to do live Game Changers radio broadcasts from Sapphire, now in Orlando, Florida, in the middle of May this year. It'll be our first time doing live broadcasts from the floor of the Convention Center in Orlando. So, Brad and Susan, thank you for the invite. Looking forward to a lot of very, very lively interviews and panel discussions. Our topic today, the connected car, a delightful customer experience, Question mark, question mark, question mark. We are speaking to Eddie Song, Kenny Hawk, and Gil Perez. We'll be right back, so don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. We've got so much more to talk about. And I'll say to our engineer extraordinaire, Kevin out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. An unprecedented pace of change, driven by exciting technology advances like the Internet of Things, is disrupting your industry and every other industry around the globe. Your future business success will be influenced by your ability to understand and harness these innovations and many more. Mobile devices instantaneously connecting the world populations, robotics, 3D printing, and self-driving cars. The sharing economy and ubiquitous global business networks. Reality Check. The future is happening right now. Join us for insights from industry experts on what it all means for your business and your daily life. The Future of the Future with Game Changers is presented by SAP. Visit SAP.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Listening to the future of the future with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to the future of the future with Game Changers. And in fact, the future is here. The future is the second after. 
I said the word after. It already happened, and now it's in the past. We have to play catch up with the future. Our topic today, the connected car, a delightful customer experience, question mark. Our panel today comprised of Eddie Song at Split Second. If you're looking that up, it's S-P-L-I-T-S-E-C-N-D. Skip the O. And Kenny Hawk, CEO of Mojio. I finally put the accent in the right place, Kenny. Thank you for your patience. And Gil Perez at SAP. We're going to start the roundtable now in Ernest and uh, Eddie Song sent me very interesting topics, as did our other panelists. But we're going to start the roundtable talking about something that's top of mind. It's serious. It's of great concern. And it was in the news just a few days ago. The topic is car tapping car hacking and privacy. Let me read one or two sentences from Kenny's notes here and then we'll, I'm sorry, Eddie, Eddie Song's notes. As IoT devices have now been requested by the feds for evidence, i.e. Alexa, and the feds have used connected cars to spy on the population, oh my, what rights do users have in the era where mass surveillance has been used? And Eddie says, as connected car solution providers, we need to ensure our devices are a liability to our users. Eddie, a lot of meat on the bones here. Why don't you take us through this? Sure, absolutely. Um, and so I guess let's start from where the topic became fairly public, and that's back in Black Hat uh, August of last year. Charlie Miller and Chris uh, Valasek, they are experts in car hacking, and in August they basically showed the, the top of the line as worse it could get scenario, and essentially to quote them, they said, you'd be dead. And they demonstrated how they could remotely hack uh, a car over the wire and essentially steer the car, have it accelerate and crash, and make it look like the driver did it intentionally. So essentially, mm-hmm. you could assassinate someone remotely. And uh, you know, just last week with uh, WikiLeaks of Vault 7, uh, it was re- revealed that the CIA actually had a, a whole bunch of tools that they had been amassing to do exactly that, to hack IoT devices, to hack connected cars, and they had lost control of it. And so now these tools that they've amassed are out in the wild, available to hackers to purchase. And, uh, you know, that is a fairly scary thing to, you know, to think about. And um, if you look at what uh, the reaction has been since August, in Japan, um, they actually banned uh, third-party devices being plugged into the OBD2 port as a result of that uh, for security concerns. And likewise, if you look at the chairman of the Congressional Energy and Commerce Committee, which is probably arguably one of the most powerful committees uh, in Congress, (coughs) Representative Upton has proposed Mm a drafted bill that would actually have the word prohibition on the use of OBD2 devices. uh, And he actually cites the hacking cases because of that. And as the chairman, he actually wrote a letter to NHTSA, the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration, to give final guidance on the bill, um, saying that this is an issue. Now, on top of that, the global automakers, which is a union between Toyota, Honda, Hyundai, Nissan, Subaru, Suzuki, and um, among uh, a lot of other global automakers, and the other auto alliance, which is the European automakers, BMW, GM, Jaguar, Land Rover, Benz, uh, Porsche, Volkswagen, and Volvo, um, these two organizations are actually backing that proposal as well. And so there is a global concerted effort to clamp down on hacking of these cars by blocking access to the OBD. Um, the reason being the OBD was originally designed for the car manufacturers to do their own diagnostics and then was then modified to allow state inspections of the vehicle. And so now that we have these devices 
plugged into the vehicles um, doing two-way communications, they're being utilized in a way that's not uh, necessarily designed for that. And at the same time, opens up ways to hack the car remotely. And so um, there's a concerted effort by the auto manufacturers to really lock down that port. Now, in terms of what that means to the connected car industry is that, one, we need to be cognizant of, one, the user privacy, and two, the implications of the legislation that are, is now moving to block OBD2 devices. And from a security perspective, these things can be done through encryption, tokenizing the data, uh, much like how the credit card companies have done that, um, as well as having the industry best practices of having security architecture built in mind when these solutions are out there. Um, now is in terms of, you know, having or preventing using the devices for surveillance. Uh, closed systems can do that. Having digital certificates for authentication can do that. And of course, end-to-end encryption uh, is a great way to secure that as well. Very interesting. Eddie, before I move on, I want All to ask right, you a I question. All right, i got to jump in here. This is ridiculous. Yeah, go ahead. This is Kenny Hall at Mojo. Go ahead, Kenny. Yep. Yeah, let's trust the car companies. You mean the same car companies that kept seatbelts out of cars because they added a couple dollars a cost? Mm. They battled that for years before they finally put the seatbelts in? You mean the same car company that just cheated uh, the world on diesel emissions, Volkswagen, they got caught by the OBD port? No wonder they would like to close that off. Eddie, I've got to correct you. The reason that port is in there and it got legislated was to protect the air and have clean air and have a safe way to test the actual emissions from vehicles because nobody trusted the car companies. That's why California legislated it, North America adopted it, and three years later, Europe adopted it. So, yeah, they may try to block it, but would you as a consumer want to trust the car companies, especially after what just happened with Volkswagen? And you look at... The other way is to get into the car. It's not just through the OBD port. You think the car companies are going to close down the -the over-the-air updates so they can remotely update cars? No way. So, yeah, I can see why they will try, but the consumer is going to win in the long run. They need to have access to their car, be able to repair it any way they want. And you look at the Right to Repair Act. In model year 2018, all car companies have to submit their data on an open and fair basis so you can repair your car yourself through your favorite shop, or if you want, you can go back to the OEM original dealership. But you don't have to be forced to repair it only through the dealer. So I think that's going to end up in a very different uh, outcome in the end. And last but not least, you know, there are systems that do not uh, have two-way communications and are just reading data, not writing data to the CAN bus. And if you're just receiving data and you separate the physical path from the cloud and the cloud from the app, you've got a second layer of security there, and that's exactly what we're doing, making sure that this thing is safe. So vehemently disagree. Over to you, Gil. Thank you, Kenny. <laughs> wow, we, we were getting into some very interesting territory here. Before Gil chimes in, uh, I have one sentence that I think I misread in your notes, Eddie, just to set the record straight. Uh, I'm reading here when you said, as connected car solutions providers, we need to ensure that our devices are a liability to users. You meant are not a liability, correct? Correct. Okay, good, good, because I was writing a note to my, my uh, engineer and saying, we need to get somehow me to say the word not in there. Okay, so we've corrected that. Uh, a lot of passionate input here from Kenny Hawk and Gil Perez. You're next, so what do you think? Join, join the discussion or join the fray? What side are you uh, on? Uh, I'll give a different perspective on all this, and I'll just use a, uh, a term called blockchain, 
which mm-hmm. has been in the news lately, which is a, a, basically a distributed ledger, an encrypted and trusted irrefutable ledger. And I think that uh, um, um, some of the solutions are um, also uh, going to be found in, in new technologies and new uh, frameworks of how we save uh, data, how we store it uh, in a way that will be uh, completely different. And I think blockchain is uh, a very interesting um, technology and framework that we're actually going to be uh, using a lot at SAP and, and many other companies are using it and, and banks are using it obviously to transfer money. And uh, if you are using it to, to be the backbone of your money and a new monetary system, I think that it could also be trusted to, to store safely um, data. So I, I think uh, it, it is a race of obviously uh, a cat and mouse, uh, but mm-hmm. there's uh, not only looking backwards, there's also looking forward with, with new technologies and capabilities to kind of uh, up the game. Very interesting. Eddie, you started this. I'm going to go around the table to you. Thoughts on what Kenny added and what Gil added? Sure, absolutely. So in Representative Upton's letter to the to NHTSA uh, back in September, um, he actually has the support of Honorable Gina McCarthy, the administrator for the United States EPA, as well as Ms. Mary D. Nichols, the chair of the California Air Resources Board. And so in terms of emissions and whatnot, it looks like he has the support uh, of these folks as well. Um, he also has the uh, chairman of the subcommittee on communications technology. So we talk about the right to repair. Uh, Greg Walden's signature actually appears on this letter to NHTSA as well. And so in terms of addressing you know, those areas, whether it be for emissions testing or for the right to repair, it seems like those constituents have been represented uh, on Upton's release. Um, now, in terms of defending the automakers, no, no. Um, you know, I am not defending what they do. And, of course, you know, Volkswagen's um, whole clean diesel hacking thing is clearly egregious in that case. Um, and so, yeah, there needs to be oversight in the auto committee um, and what they do. Uh, but, you know, uh, that still needs to be legislated in. Okay, thank you very much. Kenny Hawk, I'm looking at your notes here. There's something I'd like to address in your first statement. Let's see if you want to go there. You say many people think about connected vehicles in terms of infotainment and the screens that will be in the car, but you say this misses the bigger opportunity to use technology to make driving safer, more reliable, and less expensive. This is the real power, and I'm going to tie it to one more statement in your notes, Kenny. You say one in three teens in the USA who die are killed in a motor vehicle-related incident. So let's put this all together. How will our connected experience make us safer? Kenny? Great question, and I've got teen daughters, and this is uh, very near and dear to my heart. And you 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 think about raising a daughter, raising a son, uh, you want them to be independent, uh, independent decision makers. Mm-hmm. You spend 16 years doing that, and then in the States, uh, you hand the keys to them and start treating them like a baby again. And it's you know, one of the more challenging experiences as a parent is helping your teen learn how to drive and be safe. And most uh, attempts at that have been you know, very much punishment-based. You've done this wrong, you're a bad driver, you've done this wrong, stop doing that. Um, we're taking a different approach. Uh, we've got a couple uh, entrepreneurs building an app on our platform that 
flips that on, on its head and basically re- rewards teams as they become better and better drivers and coaches them through the process. So imagine after you uh, complete uh, 100 miles without any rapid braking, and rapid braking is one of the uh, best indicators of a future accident. Uh, mom or dad give you a free tank of gas. And when you drive 200 miles on the freeway without going more than five miles an hour over the speed limit, uh, you get a, a gift certificate to to uh, Lululemon. And uh, after you drive 1,000 miles, you know, just like an adult, your insurance company then says you can now uh, be scored like an adult instead of a 16-year-old uh, uh, risky driver save you and your parents you know half on their 50 percent on their car insurance so um, that is a very different approach um, and mm-hmm. parents love it kids love it and uh, insurance companies will love it so you know change, trying to change behavior um, happens much faster when you're using a reward system than instead of a punishment system so we're looking forward to that very profound yes I, I a little sidebar here my older granddaughter on her first time out on her own in Florida, where they live in uh, in a, a good sized car, went to a stop sign, stopped, and somebody on the other side, ninety degree angle, ran the stop sign, crashed into the car. This was her first time out alone after all of her driver training and mom and dad, my son and his wife, helping her and making sure she was completely safe and knew the rules of the road. They hit the car broadside. She was fine. The car was totaled. What an experience, Kenny, for a seventeen-year-old driver. She she uh, she was fine, and they got her a much bigger, much safer. I think she ended up with something like a, a not a jeep, but something more of an SUV that was much more safe, just in case. But that's what we're talking about, isn't it, Kenny? You you can only protect them so much, and you hope that they know what they're doing, and that other people on the road know what they're doing. And Kenny, that brings us to the question of the safety of connected cars. How long do you think it'll take before they're truly safe and can carry our precious cargo? What do you think? Well, I, I look back to you know the early days when people were worried about cars in general, and you had to get special permission to even uh, be able to drive a car, and they were only used for racing and sports, and people never thought they'd be you know, on every, uh, every road every day, and they were worried about how do you protect the horses, and you know, these things shouldn't be in the cities, they should only be in the country. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was you know beginning of the auto industry. They were worried about the car itself. So, you know, there's... <laughs> You have to think about security from the system point of view, the architecture. I, I agree with Gil that blockchain could play a big role here. But at the end of the day, um, people are going to spend money to buy a vehicle, and eventually vehicles are going to be driving themselves. So you've got to think about security from the entire system point of view. And the weakest link in that whole chain is not the OBD device, the OBD port, the car itself. It's people. And you look at... That's right. Mistakes and errors, computers are better than humans in almost every way, and you're already seeing it, even even with the minor glitch with uh, the Tesla incident in Florida, it's still much safer than a human. And, you know, I just, my commute to Palo Alto last week, driving along the 280, bumper-to-bumper traffic, and there next to me in the car is a woman reading, not a book, but the newspaper while driving the car in bumper-to-bumper traffic. I don't think the, the computers are going to be reading newspapers or <laughs> texting and driving or looking at Snapchat and YouTube. If you look at the accident actuarial data, accidents were declining steadily 
for teens mm-hmm. for about 20 years. In the last five years, they've been steadily increasing. And the big difference is the video and the social media. They get, you know, it's so uh, addictive, uh, people are doing it even while they're in super dangerous situations. So you know, the faster you get some technology there, the better. And think about you know, all the things you can do with that unproductive time that you're t- today sitting in traffic, driving unsafely in a bumper-to-bumper situation. So I actually think technology is going to help, not hurt. You look at regulation, you California and Oregon looking at using this technology to automate uh, smog testing and do remote smog testing so you don't have to go drive into a, take time off work, drive into a, uh, a, a mm-hmm. garage, plug into a computer that you could have plugged into wirelessly and not even had to take the time to do that. Um, even tolling is looking at using these technologies to do automatic tolling so you don't have people sitting there collecting money from toll booths, uh, breathing in smog all day long. So I think you know, the impacts on people uh, are going to be big, they're going to be broad, and we have to really think about technology security when we're building these systems. Absolutely. I have a quick quote for you from Elon Musk. You may be familiar with this, Kenny, as well as Eddie and Gill. He said in 2015, in the distant future, people may outlaw driving cars because it's too dangerous. You can't have a person driving a two-ton death machine. Have you heard that quote, Kenny? I have. I have. And I also think about just a a complete mind, mental shift of you know, we spent most of our lives and got my first car in in uh, Detroit in 1974 Chevy Nova and you know I spent a lot of time taking care of that car fixing mm-hmm. it repairing it making it better uh, making it safer fixing things that were broken you know a lot of my effort was around taking care of the car I think in the future the cars are going to take care of us they're going to let you know when they need something they're going to schedule maintenance uh, before a problem happens instead of after a problem happens. And your car is going to be doing things for you and getting work done for you and making your life easier versus being something that's you know a hassle and, and thing that you have to think about and take care of. So it's a shift and the car starts taking care of you instead of you taking care of your car. I guess that would be okay, except for some of us who love our cars and we enjoy them and we like driving them and looking at them and we are safe drivers, but I don't know what will happen to those of us. We'll probably be dinosaurs who will hold on to our cars and hope Elon Musk doesn't take them away from us. Gil Perez, we have to get you in on this conversation and then Eddie Song. Gil, what do you think about what we just chatted well, about with Kenny? Yeah, I, I, I would like to raise a, a topic that I think that connected car and autonomous vehicles are really, you know, maybe just uh, highlighting, which is the, uh, you know, robotics and everything, the automated world. And we were, uh, I was, I had the the pleasure to be at the World Economic Forum to talk about a different topic, which is 3D printing, the digital manufacturing, and how we're automating all of that, uh, the supply chain, which obviously, um, you know, connected car is, is an integral part of that world. And, and it will have an impact on a lot of drivers there, uh, um, professional drivers, um, which, which then begs the, the, the question, and when we're doing all of that, how do we also address the, the questions of, you know, what, what will people do? How do we ensure that at the end of the day, our overall quality of life also improves? So we're not just creating, uh, you know, efficiencies, uh, but also creating efficiencies in, in a context of a better life to everybody, both um, the consumers as well as, as us as individuals and as a community. 
and as a, a, a country's civilization. And I, I think that is the, the challenge. We, there is no doubt that we need to push forward, but we need to figure out also how do we push forward in the right way. In the right way, exactly. And Eddie Song, let's get you in on this. Thoughts? Got a lot going around the table here. Eddie? Absolutely. So, I mean, if you look at what the OEMs have been doing, uh, they talk about augmented advanced augmented driving systems. So these are things that check your blind spots, automatic braking to avoid collisions and collision detection. And those things, I think, will proliferate. I mean, just yesterday, Mobileye just got acquired by Intel for $15 billion. And so mm-hmm. they, you know, if Intel feels that you know, this is a market to invest uh, quite a significant amount of capital in, um, it just shows that you know, the direction of the market is saying that you know, humans are the weakest factor in the car in terms of creating accidents. And while you can be a safe driver yourself, you can't always uh, force other people around you to be safe. And so mm-hmm. you could be the best driver in the world, but someone yes. else may hit you at some point in time. And so the advanced augmented driving systems, you know, one, take care of that uh, in terms of being able to stop the car um, where, you know, you might necessarily not see it. And at the same time, even if you are distracted driving, those systems can take over. But there is a double-edged sword in that case where, especially new drivers, if they grow up with systems like that, they may have a propensity to uh, facilitate what I'll call lazy driving because they rely on the advanced augmented driving system to check their blind spot. Uh, they know that the car will break itself uh, if they're about to hit something. And so um, you know, there there is a bit of a learning curve in terms of making sure that new drivers really know how to drive and not just simply rely on, you know, the, these augmented systems. Thank you, Eddie. I want to move on to one more topic from Gil's list because we have about ooh, five and a half minutes or so until we get to our crystal ball predictions round. And uh, Gil, something interesting here. You say, let me read a couple notes here and then have you go with this and we'll quickly go around the table. You say, ultimately, we will see services that address true customer pain and create a moment of delight. And of course, our topic is the connected car, a delightful customer experience question mark. So Gil uses this example. You're running late and a service automatically helps you find and pay for parking to ensure you arrive on time to whether it's your meeting, a movie, show, whatever, a date, whatever it is. And then he says we will see separate use cases develop depending on whether we're in consumer mode or business mode, each building out a distinct profile of our needs as individuals. Very interesting, Gil. Talk to me. Tell me a little more, please. Yeah, I, I, it, it ties back into, I guess, the initial quote about personalization. Um, mm-hmm. and, and we have now, we have now the ability to create, um, um, unique experiences, uh, which we all talked about, uh, that are memorable. Um, and it is just, um, you know, when you expect something and it happens, no big surprise. But when you're, you're in a jam, and all of a sudden uh, you get out of it, uh, that's when you have a delightful experience. Um, that's when all of a sudden there's a sigh of relief. And uh, we have a lot of inefficiencies in our, in our lives. Um, and uh, just to highlight, obviously transportation is one of those systems that, that could be uh, uh, improved to, uh, uh, quite significantly. And uh, focusing on parking, uh, you can think about the fact that parking is, is actually, you know, there's no inventory of parking anywhere. 
And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, how do we create that, that exact experience that, you know, when I'm driving to my meeting with you, Bonnie, and, mm-hmm. and I'm getting into Manhattan, I don't need to spend now uh, 30 minutes looking for, for a parking, but I could easily uh, uh, drive in uh, leisurely, you know, park my car, drive in, uh, park it, uh, and go up and even have time for my double espresso before meeting you. <laughs> I'm glad you'll be relaxed and all peppy and ready to go. Let's circle around to Eddie's song. Eddie, any thoughts on these separate use cases? What do you think for the fully connected car, the fully autonomous car? So much like what I was saying earlier, it's all about engaging the user. And in right. the connected car case, you know, engaging the user means creating a frictionless experience. And whether that be uh, automatic fueling, automatic payment for parking, the Disruption in the industries that we've seen by startups all focus on user engagement and creating these frictionless experiences. And as the connected car industry grows and matures, we're going to see how these ecosystems can come together and create these frictionless experiences where we don't have to worry about the car anymore, just as, you know, uh, Gil said earlier that the car may take care of itself. Uh, we are getting to the point where that may actually happen. And to create these frictionless experiences where the vehicle essentially is an extension of oneself, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're going to get there. We are going to get there. We are going to drive there where somebody will drive us there. Kenny Hawk, love to get your POV on this. Thoughts? Yeah, I think about uh, how to use technology to make your life better, safer, uh, more convenient. And, you know, parking, I love it because it's such a pain. People mm-hmm. hate the parking process. You can never find one when you need it. You're always in a rush. You typically park in a new spot and have a hard time finding your car afterwards. So this system in using uh, the SCP vehicle network makes all of that um, just a delightful experience. Um, the other area that I think a lot about is tires. Um, very few mm-hmm. of us actually check our tire tread depth every time we fill our tank of gas. We typically replace our tires too late or after we've had a blowout or a flat. And imagine after a, a, a trip, your car talks to you and says, you know, we notice you sliding around the 101 exit today. It's time for mm-hmm. new tires. And based on how you drive, where you drive, what you drive, this is a tire that you should get. You don't have to spend time looking at the hundreds of different choices. This is the exact right tire for you. Here's the best price on it, and you could have it installed Tuesday at 6 o'clock in your parking lot and in your driveway at home. Click here to make sure that your car is safe. You're getting a custom offer when you need it, tailored to your car, but also tailored to how you drive. And for me, that's another delightful experience. It's going to make people safer and save them time, isn't, money, and hassle. Isn't there a song that goes, wouldn't it be nice? Remember that one? <laughs> I, I recently uh, noticed a little thumping when I was driving to pick up my mom for lunch two weeks ago, and I was at her building, and there was a, a gate man in a little gate guardhouse, and I said, excuse me, would you mind looking out of the house and looking at my tires? He said, lady, your left front tire is riding on the rim. So I picked up mom, and my garage was about four blocks away, and I ran over there. It was before one o'clock on a Saturday. And I said to them, what do you think? And they said, we'll fill it with air, but we need to order tires fast. You, you need two of your, both front tires changed. I looked at my mechanic, whom I trust dearly, Kenny, and I said, the car was just here four weeks ago for my annual inspection. 
you didn't notice then that I needed new tires? This isn't a surprise. There was no nail in the tire, Kenny. Nothing had happened other than for some reason it was losing air, but there was nothing wrong with the tire. There was no hole. There was no brake. I was able to drive for another couple of days, a week, until they found the tires I needed, which were expensive, and were able to schedule an appointment with me. I could have avoided all that, couldn't I, Kenny? Exactly. Yep. Wouldn't it be nice oh. if your car took care of you instead of you having to take care of your car? You know what? I've given enough to this car. I think it should start taking care of me. On that note, we're going to look deep into the crystal ball because it's that time of the show and I have about 60 seconds left for each of you. So let's circle around to the table where we started. Mr. Eddie Song in New York. The blizzard is looks like it's slowing down here and I hope it is for you too. Eddie, let's look at the year 2020. I'm still kind of fond of it because we used to think of it as way off in the future. And now, as somebody pointed out to me recently, it's just three New Year's Eves away. So make your plans. So Eddie Song, what will be different about the delightful car experience with a connected car around the time of 2020? 60 seconds, predictions, go. Sure. Uh, More frictionless experiences where more ecosystems and unions come out. And so it's less fragmented. And so by that time, depending on what your I guess your service network would be, would determine what providers you can go to for those frictionless experiences. I like that. Brief and to the point. Thank you so much for being so organized. Frictionless experiences. Kenny Hawk, I can give you a few more seconds because Eddie was so efficient. I'll give you a whole 90 seconds, and I bet you're going to use them. Kenny Hawk, go ahead. (laughs) Thank you. You know, I I think uh, GM, uh, who bought Cruz for a billion dollars to do uh, self-driving technology, um, will start pushing um, uh, to block uh, the use of Intel's Mobileye technology. Intel spent $15 billion, and GM will say, uh, don't trust the technology that comes from uh, outsiders. Trust us instead. So expect to see that. And I expect to see even more uh, connected cars, trucks. Um, you look at the regulations around truck drivers and making sure they don't drive more than a safe number of hours per day. It's been mandated that they have to have an aftermarket connected device to track how many hours they're driving on the road. So I actually see more uh, cars being connected, and uh, that's going to end up making people safer and uh, save a lot of time and money. Safer time and money. That's a good package deal. I like it very much. Sign me up. And Gil Perez, I can give you a whole 90 seconds because they were both so efficient. I don't know. We might need a bonus question here. Gil Perez, what do you see around 2020 with cars? Sure. So I'll say kind of... uh, Two predictions. One on the autonomous uh, vehicle front. I, I do believe that in three years we're going to start seeing cities starting to deploy fleets. So I think it's not going to be the private sector. It's going to be the semi-public, so private-public uh, partnerships, because you will need regulations and you will need the public sector to address the issues around uh, autonomous vehicles. And I think you're going to see it, obviously, in urban centers. And you're going to see some cities around the world beginning to use it as a way to experiment with public transportation. So uh, we're going to see that. And on the personal um, side of the the vehicles, our regular cars, we're going to see more and more um, commerce and identity and wallets entering the cars and services. Uh, um, and being able to purchase things, whether it's, it is vehicle-centric as the tires or parking or other things or fueling or um, obviously other things that are before or after your journey. 
Interesting. Very interesting. Well, I'm looking forward to when my car will know automatically that it's time for tires and I don't have to go through all that hassle. So there. Hey, Kenny, will I be able to keep my darling little blue roadster, my little Nissan 350Z that is very, very hard to get if you wanted one of that year, that ilk? Will I still be able to keep it when all of you are driving connected cars? Will I have to give up that pleasure? Kenny, I'm talking to you. I think it's still going to be there. I think for people that love cars and love classics and love taking care of every uh, inch of that car, uh, like I did with my 74 Chevy Nova, that will still be there. It'll just be a much smaller piece of the population. There are still people that love to ride horses and uh, enjoy nature, but uh, you you don't see very many horses running down the main roads. So I think it's going to be very much like the difference between... The uh, days of horses and the days of cars, uh, you're going to see many more uh, autonomous. And the autonomous will still want to have some little bit of information from the non-autonomous vehicles. Even if you could just let them know you're a rapid breaker or a frequent lane changer, that can help improve the safety and the algorithms that the autonomous vehicles are using. And it's going to take a long time before you get the crossover point. Thank you, Kenny. Eddie Song at Split Second, Kenny Hawk at Mojo, Gil Perez at SAP. Great conversation. I love the energy and the passion. I've been in communications with Brad Borkin, who was one of the sponsors of the series, and he said, yes, great discussion and great debate. And a thank you to Paul Clark for helping to put this together, Susan Walker for sponsoring, and again, Brad Borkin. And thank you to Kevin at the Business Channel team. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and here is my interesting call to action, gentlemen. Fasten your seatbelt. I say that on all the shows, but it's particularly important today. Fasten your seatbelt. Maybe it'll automatically fasten and maybe it'll be polka dot and orange so you can't miss it. What are you waiting for? Be like Eddie Song. Be like Kenny Hawk. Be like Gil Perez. Go out and be a game changer today. I'll be back in one hour with a live edition of what are we doing today? Smart Cities of Game of the Future with Game Changers. You don't want to miss that one either. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to The Future of the Future with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Tuesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.